Oh, have you been listening to What You Know? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I've been listening to What You Know by Two Door Cinema Club. Cinema? Cinnamon Club. <laughs> the Two Door Cinnamon Club. <laughs> Would you like to come join our cinnamon <laughs> Cinnamon Club. It has two doors. <laughs> you can go in and out of the Cinnamon Club. Hey, howdy, hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Mike's Monday Jams, the official podcast of music appreciators everywhere. Today we're going to be talking about Hard Working Man by the best-selling country duo of all time, <laughs> Brooks and Dunn. Let's get it. Hard working man. The first time we are talking about B and D, Kicks and Ronnie, Brooks and Dunn. How do, how do you feel? How do you man. feel, Em? I am hype. Um, I'm Brooks and Dunn fangirl. I mean, you know, you're also Brooks and Dunn fangirl, but um, I think I, you know, I brought Brooks and Dunn to your attention, and I they mean a lot to me. So you know, I'm happy. I'm just happy to be here. Don't don't cry about it. <laughs> <laughs> on the verge of tears over there. Um, I wouldn't say you, you know, brought them to my attention. You definitely enhanced. You definitely enhanced my my liking of them. They were they were already on my radar. Um, I knew about the reboot album before you did. Okay? <laughs> so I want to go on the record and saying that I knew about the reboot album before you did. Um, but very specific reason as to why we chose um, Bricks and Dunn for today's episode. I. Full on admit that I was a little lost in determining um, the topic for today's content. Um, had a couple ideas and was suffering a little writer's block, but um, went through my. I've got a. I've got a, on my notes app on my phone. I've got a list of every concert I've ever been to ever. Um, I don't know how y'all. I don't know and, how he does it. Um, it, it has Y'all like know the, we've been to a lot. <laughs> it has like the date, it has the venue, it has the name of the tour, it has any other special details like so-and-so fell off the stage or somebody <laughs> came out for an appearance or what have you. Um, and so the reason why um, I, I went back there, I was looking for inspiration um, for today's episode. And on this very day, we saw Brooks and Dunn for the first time. Wow. How about that? Um, what do you remember about that experience? Um, I remember it was it was awesome and brutal, but I also remember it was in um, the thick of my back injury. It, so it I remember very my, precisely was. Yes, my back hurt really bad, and like people were like, "We, you know, Brooks and Dunn is an older crowd. Not everybody's standing up, you no. know." But my Maria rolls around. And I'm I'm one to you know jump up and we're down. We're breaking my, it down. My body Maria. is saying no. Please don't do that. My body, my back hurts so bad. And then we had to, I feel like we had to walk pretty far for that concert. I felt like a little bit. Yeah. I remember walking back to the car, being like, <laughs> like "I'm gonna die." <laughs> You also were doing that because that was the day um, Bama lost to A&M by a field goal. That is so true. That was so. that day. And um, the day we're recording this, Bama, Texas A&M is tomorrow. Crazy. So. Hopefully we're not speaking bad Hardcore. Screw Jimbo Fisher. I hope he gets in the biggest 
fender bender. I hope he... I don't want him to get hurt because, you know, I can't be publicly saying I want Jimbo Fisher to get hurt, but I hope he gets in a fender bender that's so bad that it tweaks the frame of his car and it totals his car. Yeah, we, you know, we are a music appreciation podcast. Um, We have, you know, had some tasteful hate of some artists on this channel, Um, take it or leave it, but this is also a Jimbo Fisher hate podcast. Hate, Um, hate, 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 hate. Oh man, hey, We will be nominated for player haters of the year um, when it comes yes. to the Jimbo Fisher category. So I saw a TikTok the other day that was like me when someone says it's ze- it costs zero dollars to be nice. It's like I'd pay anything to hate. <laughs> Well, Stay hating. That was targeted towards me, so sorry. <laughs> Stay hating, but no, I feel like on these episodes where we record on Friday nights, you know, I feel like it's either we'll randomly record in the middle of the week, or we record Sunday morning, or we record Friday night. And the ones we record on Friday night, it feels like we're like Buzz Brainerd at the Music Row Happy Hour in Nashville. Anytime we record on a Friday. So. Well, you know why we're recording it on a Friday. Why is that? Come Friday night. <laughs> I'm going to party hard. <laughs> Come Friday night. I like to party hard. It's a, a good tie-in to, um, to, today's, uh, to today's episode. Uh, I like what you did there. Thank you. Um, no, for the longest time, I feel like, you know, I, I had this idea in my head that Brooks and Dunn was the best-selling duo of all We've time. We've been saying this for years. Um, and while that may be true in the country genre, <laughs> um, it is not true um, across across the mall. We've been telling people, be like, oh my god, Brooks and Dunn is the, the yeah. highest-selling duo of um, all time. And then what, what is crazier to think about is like, we are big fans of the true best-selling duo of all time, but it never occurred, it never occurred to my head um, of... Of who that might be and how their fame and success might relate to that of Kix and Ronnie. All right, um, y'all. So take a second. Thank you. Give your guesses. Um, we are, of course. Um, I thought you ready. We're, we're talking, you know. It is Daryl Hall and John Oates, also known lovingly as Hall and Oates. Um, they are the best-selling duo of all time, which... They've never been a Monday Jam, which is crazy. Absolutely asinine. To Honestly, think about. I think that might be sacrilegious, and also that might get you investigated by the Patriot Act. I, you know, <laughs> maybe taken aback by that statement, but I would not disagree w- with the allegation um, because I don't. It's not like I don't like Hall and Oates. Big fan. I just they've just How never. How could you not be a fan of Hall and Oates? I know. I just scored tickets to Hall, Hall and, and Oates. Oats. I think I actually tried to put that soundbite into a different episode, and I cannot find it. So well, you're just gonna have to picture Psychowit saying that, y'all, because I can't find it on the internet. Deal, dealing with your voice, but I no, I literally I was looking through the list, and then I was like, maybe should we do a an episode on hollow notes but then i was like no wait that'll be a, a future time but um especially with this being an, an anniversary of yeah. such a, a magic magic moment um this magic moment and um so yeah i definitely wanted to to highlight that and it was perhaps one of the most interesting weekends of our entire life <laughs> um so give you all context 
Okay, so it was my 22nd birthday. You got me tickets to see them at the Wharf Amphitheater in Orange Beach, Alabama. Mm -hmm. um, and that was coming up for October of that year, which was super exciting. Um, and then, like, that weekend just started to get hectic, more and more hectic as the months rolled on of that fall. Um, namely, um, the um, Alpha Omicron Pi, also known as Kale <laughs> Pi, formal, um, was announced <laughs> the day before the show. Um, in Tuscaloosa, so and I figured that would probably be the only formal we would ever go to together. So I was like, we so have we to had go to go formal. for sure, for sure. <laughs> had, to, had to knock that off the list. Um, and then the day after, um, my parents invited us to go see um, one of the greatest bands of all time. Okay, okay, babe, don't say that. Um, it is true, um, whether you like it or not. In terms of numbers, and in That's terms not what of what that means. I don't, I, they, I don't know. Like they, best? in terms of, okay, here we go. How about best live performing bands of all time? How, How about, about that? Most interesting. Okay. That's also, I could say most interesting, but best is a hard no. No. Best live performing acts. Okay. Okay. Most Good. unique. Most unique. Best live performing <laughs> acts. Um, I, obviously not one of the best bands of all time, but. Um, yeah, no, hard best live performing acts, um, most unique, best show for your money. I am, am of course, talking about Kiss. Um, so oh, we thought you were talking about Mr. Lunt. <laughs> if only. But so this weekend in, involved a formal on Friday night. <laughs> Brooks and Dunn in <laughs> Orange Beach Saturday night. Four hours away. Kiss in Atlanta Sunday night. Yeah. Like five hours away? I don't know. I, I can't remember. It's all a blur. But, of course, you're back. It was the heat of its of its injury. Um, and then yeah. the next day, we were at the ER. So, <laughs> quite We came the back home to Tuscaloosa in the morning, and I had a normal day. And then in the middle of the night, I was in excruciating pain. And Mike woke up and decided that we needed to go to the emergency room and I ended up in the emergency room um at DCH in Tuscaloosa um which stands for don't come here because that or place Druid is City Hospital. a total POS it's not um, good if you're ever in Tuscaloosa and you do need emergency there. medical care drive to Birmingham you will spend much less it will take you much less time to drive an hour away and go to anywhere in Birmingham than it would for you to go to the horrific establishment of DCH um, hate, 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 hate. Hate, hate. It is hate, an hate, absolute hate. trash hole. No one there cares about anybody but themselves. They do not care about you as a patient. They're absolute trash. And I was there for like 14 hours. And all they ended up doing was giving me a painkiller shot and telling me to get over it. And, you know, I'm I'm more, I think, between them and I like to have a positive disposition on things. <laughs> and I'm more like, you know, I am like, it's not so bad. Or like, well, at least this, like I'm more the always the silver lining person. Um, I have to agree with everything that was <laughs> just said. I mean, I, you know, I'm normally again like to have the the positive outlook, but, you know, that it's just it's just the the good old fashioned truth there. It's it's the honky tonk truth. It's the honky tonk truth. And that's the honky tonk truth. That place is absolute dog crap. Don't go there. Dog lip. Hashtag dog lip. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that. That was that was in our future, but we had no idea. Um, <laughs> I think I think deep down I probably knew that at some point soon I was going to have to get some serious medical attention because I was in some 
horrific pain at all times of the day, but... Nevertheless, it was still fun. It was a great night. <laughs> we um, saw Brooks and Dunn. We saw Brooks and Dunn. Um, fantastic sunset, I remember about that oh, night. It was gorge. Absolutely um, gorge. And even though Bama lost, I don't really think it killed the vibes completely. Well, we weren't paying attention to it at That's all. That's why it didn't kill the vibes. We didn't know that we lost until we were leaving the concert. I remember that. That is true, yes. But the but it was a night game. Yes. So the game was ending as we were leaving the concert and yes. somebody somebody had the game on in a they TV sure did. Yep. Mm-hmm. outside and yep. we saw us lose. The the yeah, the kick. And um, it was like, Oh my god. <laughs> I, you know, y'all at home probably you know my stance on this. I'm you know, I'm a, I'm a FSU guy, I got a, you know, obviously I got a soft spot for Mama, so but it was still, you know, tragic to see the loss. Um, but Nevertheless, we digress. I didn't think it really ruined the vibes of the night that much no. from my perspective. Because, um, you know, we had, had just like a, a fun day all around. We got we to Orange to Beach, beach. Lake. had a decent time. Like, yeah. went to Lulu's. Yeah. Um, went to the beach. It was like peak time for like stingray mating. So we saw like a bunch of stingrays in the water, which was really cool. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that detail, but nope. I do. Nope. I think my back was killing me and I was trying to keep it under wraps. No, there, were, there was a bunch of them swimming around. It was crazy. I've never seen it's anything like it. It's time for stingray mating, so I got to see lots of stingrays getting it on. It was awesome. <laughs> More what? just referring to the fact that I saw a bunch of them swim around in the water. That was cool. scare me. I feel like that probably scared well, me. Well, it's not like we were in the water. We were just looking at it. That's true. It was a little chilly. So um, then we went to the show, so I, it was it was a good time. Um, Travis Tritt opened. It was the first time we saw Travis oh, Tritt. Oh, yes. That was sick. For a man of his age, he is surprisingly active on the stage. <laughs> very, very bouncy. Very bouncy guy jumping around, um, which, you know, you, you if you listen to Travis Tritt, you wouldn't think, man, this guy probably would bounce around on the <laughs> stage. Um, but nevertheless, he does. Um, your dad famously refers to him as Fat Dracula. Yes. Because he looks as such. Yeah. So, if you, if you have no idea who Travis Tritt is, go ahead, Google a picture, Fat Dracula. He looks exactly like him. Um, and then you know Brooks and Dunn. When you go see him, it's just it's just hit after hit. Absolutely, I mean, it's just, banger after banger. They don't they don't let up on the hits. And you know, of course, you you got to be into that kind of thing. You got to yeah. be into the band. But if How you are you not. If you are a Brooks and Dunn fan, they give you one hell of a show. They, and they're old. They, they're not young. No. And Ronnie Dunn sounds exactly like he did in the 90s. Exactly. And we'll, and we'll definitely get to that in a second because um, that is definitely something worth worth talking about. Um, and, you know, we've we've seen Brooks and Dunn now three times. And they've all Super three fans. all three been have been in the state of Alabama. <laughs> That's so true. In, in different different cities. So we saw them in Orange Beach, Huntsville, and most recently in Birmingham um, with your mom, who finally yes. got to see Brooks and Dunn, who's so fun. also a Brooks and Dunn super fan. Definitely one of the top ten moments of the year, taking yes, your mom was fun. To, to see Brooks and Dunn. We um, did shot to the Brooks and Dunn shot glasses. Yes. That was and fun. It's just, you know, when you just, like, are, you know, you're able to, like, just give somebody an experience that they've just been, like, dying to have on their their own or, like, have been dying to have themselves. It just, it was just, like, really cool to, like, be able to, like, be yeah. a part of it as well. Well, I, every time, the two times we went before, both times I tried to figure out how to get my mom there. But 
my mom, you know, my family aren't huge travelers. So, but this really made a lot of sense. It was just Birmingham. We were about to move up here. It was like, this can be very easy um, to go do. Um, it was like a Thursday night, maybe? Yes, it was a Thursday night. Yeah, so like it wasn't a hu- super huge deal for her to like come. And it was super, super fun. And I had been telling her how awesome the show was. It is the exact same show every time. And we've seen them three consecutive years and it's been the same show. But Ex- it's been sick as hell every time. Except the first time they did some like acoustic. That is true. Like couple of two or three random songs in the middle and then they just went right back to it. But like yeah. the other two times we saw them, they did not touch that at all so yes. who knows what what was going on for the reboot 2021 tour who knows yeah but at the end of the show like for the encore they do their song only in america which is an absolute slapper absolute fourth of july essential yes absolutely and they you know shoot out red white and blue streamers as the key changes in the song <laughs> And it's just, it's just a monumental moment. Every time, I feel like I've never had such chills. I agree. It's just, I mean, I picture it probably once a week. It's kind of like my Roman Empire, you know? <laughs> and fun fact, um, Only in America was the Monday Jam on Monday, July 4th, 2022. Um, because, you know, it was, you know, Monday, July 4th, you know, Only in America. Yeah. Was, you know, it was you know, I'll, I'll let you put two and two together. I think folks at home can, you know, have the the, the context clues to yeah uh-huh. fig, to figure that one out. Um, I also remember thinking that Ronnie Dunn was not not doing too well. It looked like he was like very sickly, but like man yeah. again, voice like hit everything. It sounded normal, but Ronnie Dunn himself just looked like unwell. <laughs> yeah, the first time it did, we were both like. This has got to be their last tour ever. It's like, <laughs> like Ronnie, Ronnie looks like, so sick. Like, does Ronnie have some like terminal illness? Right I feel now, like that. Like... I feel like that show. Even though he's saying perfectly, like I wonder if he like didn't feel well. Maybe he just had like a, a bug of some sorts. Yeah, and so he was like powering through it, but he sounded perfectly fine. He just didn't look well. But no. I don't feel like I felt that way either of the other two shows. And no. he like looked sickly. Like I wonder if like. <laughs> Yeah, like, like he's some, some bad tacos or maybe. You know? Or maybe he took a stop at Angelo's in Panama oh City God. Beach. <laughs> um, so, just made me sick. Yeah, I just remember that being a, a standout factor of um, the first show that we went to. But um, nevertheless, getting into the Money Jam moment comes from the album of the same title, um, Hard Working Man. Um, it came out on February 23rd, 1993, which is your dad's birthday. Yep. So we obviously know how your dad, who just absolutely adores all country music of all kinds, <laughs> was celebrating his 20th birthday. Yep. Listening to Hard Working Man, start to finish. Oh, yeah. Finish to start over and over and <laughs> over again. I know he was just so excited to he listen. He was telling everybody in Kaposig, he's like, you guys... We gotta listen to this. It's so good. Why does your the frat version of your dad sound like a surfer dude? I don't know. I feel like that's our impression of Tommy, actually. So, <laughs> <laughs> which my dad Tommy, also uh, doesn't sound like Tommy. Tommy, we're sorry. Just you know, we just we had just that like voice. Par- like party college dude voice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. We'll take it. 
Um, so perhaps one of the greatest album covers of all time. And, you know, if you're not even listening to the Monday Jam, you'll just see on, on the post, like, iconic album <laughs> cover. Like, you're talking about two men who are coming to steal your girl um, <laughs> on the cover of this album. And we've talked about dressing up like this for Halloween in the past. Absolutely. And random occasions um, because they are The next some... time we go see Brooks and Dunn, which I know there'll be another one because it happens every year. <laughs> We will dress up as Kicks and Ronnie on the cover of this album. Sounds sounds good to me. Because then we could also maybe repurpose it as like a Guy Fieri costume if we needed to. Flavortown. Um, so definitely be sure to check out um, these absolute just titans among men. Um, just true charmers on the cover of this album. <laughs> um, it made it to number nine on the Billboard 200 charts in 1993. It had five singles. Um, this song, of course, um, we'll burn that bridge when we get there. She Banger. used to be mine. Um, rock my world, little country girl. Banger. And that ain't no way to go, which is Banger. a absolute absolute jam and one of our favorites of theirs. Um, I would also argue that this album is one of the greater follow-up albums of all time. Um, and of course, what I mean by that, you know, is like artists. You know, sometimes they burst onto the scene with, like, their album, like, the album, and then, like, they have to, you know, answer to that success. But sometimes, you know, they, you know, it comes in, like, two or three albums into their discography, or, you know, sometimes it comes later in their career. But, you know, after you release that, you know, that album, the one that people just love so much, like, it, there's a lot of pressure to follow it up. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of pressure to go back into the studio and do the same thing over again. And so Brooks and Dunn released their first album in 1990, um, the self-titled album, and arguably their best album. It had five singles, um, and a lot of their most popular songs are those five singles. But this album was released in 1993 right after that, the following the success of that album, and it had the same amount of singles at five. And so I would argue that um, chart-wise and success-wise, this could be, you know, in, in consideration for one of those best follow-up albums of all times, especially in the in the in the country genre. But I'm thinking about, you know, the Eagles, the long run, you know, following that up after Hotel California. I'm thinking about Boston's Don't Look Back after their self-titled release. Then, you know, I'm thinking Supermodel, Foster the People. Comes out after oh. Torches. I think that's an extremely good follow-up album. And um, another one that comes to mind. And I'm, these are in no particular order. I know, like, I'm going to get some texts about good follow-up albums. And that's fine. Like, I'm already <laughs> thinking about, Jeff, I know you you coming up with something in your head and you don't text me about it. That's fine. Yeah, I get it. Um, but I'm also thinking about... We love about, our feedback, though. I'm also thinking about Magical Mystery Tour. Um, of course, oh. following up to... Um, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club. But I, the only thing I would say about that is that Sergeant Pepper was already six years into the Beatles. Like, yes, but when you think about I don't think the that's Beatles, a follow-up album. I you, think that's just like a good next album after. Sergeant yeah, but Pepper. when you think about the magnum opus of the Beatles, you, I think we think that it's Sergeant Pepper. I, think I don't most know people if everyone think it's, thinks it's. I think Sergeant it's most people. It's either Abbey Road or Sergeant Pepper. I think that if you ask someone who didn't 
feel the way about the Beatles that we do, they probably would say Abbey Road. Either way, I would argue that both Magical Mystery Tour and Let It Be are two absolutely outstanding follow-up albums to what, you know, the Beatles are I think lucky that they that... just I think I think that the Beatles just have all good albums. I would agree. Um, I, don't I don't think that any I don't I don't especially once you get to like their drug era, I think everything is beautiful. Fair enough. Um, I don't think there's a follow up, a good one and a follow up. I think that that's that's a good point to make. But they're all you know, side. They're lucky in being able to say that they had essentially two magnum opuses of yeah, Sgt. Pepper and Abbey Road, but. You know, the next one in line after both of those, respectively, is Magical Mystery Tour and Let It Be. And I think both of those are extremely good, quote-unquote, follow-up albums for what I determine that definition to be. Yes, yeah, so I need you. I mean, I love Magical Mystery Tour. Oh, it's fantastic. It, fun fact, that was um, the album that, um, you know, Em and I, when we went on our, like, first ever, like, date date, um, mm. we um, figured out that simultaneously that was our our shared favorite Beatles album was mm-hmm. Magical Mystery Tour. So. It is so very good. I knew from then it was just meant to be. You know. Aww. How about that? When we were um, when we were digging through Shangri-La records. Yeah, I was like, I love Magical Mystery Tour. You were like, oh my god. I was like, oh my god, me too. Me too. <laughs> How about that? Um, so, I think Hardworking Man, definitely in the country genre, can be considered in that that follow-up album conversation yes no very much agree but now let's get to the song um and we've alluded let's to let's get it. to the case yes let's get to the case now I'll, tr- well, now I'll turn my attention to the case here yes provide all the facts and determine what i think might happen and uh, I, this is just an opinion i'm not making any di- no, diagnosis or <laughs> just determining what might happen in a case similar to this um emma is imitating a youtuber that i have recently hook lined and sinkered sinkered synced on you and your family i'm of course talking about dr todd grande <laughs> icon um living legend is like a psychologist slash psych psychiatrist i was saying that but i looked at his like his like um credentials his like channel bio and I don't think that he is a psychiatrist. I think he has a PhD in like counseling teaching. So he like I think he like teaches people how to be psychiatrists, but I don't think that he is active at least actively one. But he has a but he's a doctor because he has a PhD. Well at least he's not like Shaq and got like an honorary doctorate <laughs> yeah, no. from somewhere or something. Taylor you know? Swift. Yeah. And why you anyway. Um so we're, we're, of course, referring to Dr. Todd Grande. He analyzes of a lot of criminal cases from a mental health perspective. It's a very, 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 very interesting YouTube channel. It's like true crime ASMR because he talks, <laughs> he talks so, very... so calmly. And he, he'll just be talking about, like, the, the brutalest murders ever. But he'll just be saying that, like, with and such, he's so such grace and, and such, such precision and such calmness it's just so it's so weird um but so satisfying at the same time so give him a check out he's really um, savage he'll like make fun of the criminals in his asmr voice he sure and will she was really dumb for this reason and <laughs> i can't believe she did this okay, <laughs> it's so like straight face check him out on youtube he's um, an icon dr todd grande um but 
getting to the song specifically Sorry. for um, this Monday um, for, um, what is this, October 9th? I don't think I said that earlier, but nope. this is October 9th. Um, obviously, the biggest factor and the biggest standout in this song is Ronnie Dunn's voice. Um, and that is the case with most Brooks and Dunn songs. Um, Living legend. Ronnie just has one of those, like, extremely unique and recognizable voices. Absolutely. That you no one know, is Ronnie Dunn. That you just know right away that it is him. Except but it could maybe be IE. <laughs> we always imagine that Emma's granddad sings in the in the air of of ronnie dunn but and, he doesn't but there's no way but like he doesn't we, my whole family has a like a voice that we use to imitate i.e but it actually really doesn't sound anything like him it's just like the collective voice we use when we're describing how he talks but it's really not how he talks but that voice that we use to imitate him if that voice was singing it would be ronnie dunn and that's why i think about i.e correct um but unmistakable voice i think this is a song that truly capsule encapsulates like his vocal range and his ability to just like dynamic control like hit and release like not by maria man could i don't know you have you ever tried to do some of these like belts from hardworking man he sings Just because you know he's getting up high, I, I I think this is a better okay, better okay. demonstration of his range. Not that I'm saying my Maria isn't, but <laughs> I do think this song just in terms of his ability to belt and just really like sing from the diaphragm. Okay. I think this is this is the go-to um, because there's a lot of growls and he's he's speaking from the heart on this one. I think I'm singing from the heart because um, this was a song that he wrote. Um, solo, um, and so he um, said, "Kicks, get out of here!" <laughs> Kicks, I got a good one. Let's get to the studio. So, um, yeah, we'll just—I mean, you'll hear it in the little sample, but Ronnie Dunn's voice is a clear standout um, in this song. Another really good factor about the song is it just is like pinnacle '90s country harmonies. Absolutely. Uh, when you get to the chorus, it's like it hits you with that. You know, the the root note, the third, the fifth, and it's just all coming together in such a like satisfying and bone chilling way that you're like, whoa! Like, it feels like a a wall of of sound is hitting you with angelic voices. Describing um, kicks it from his bone chilling. It's so funny. Maybe goosebump inducing. Yeah, he gives me chills. There I don't think it's goosebump inducing. Um, you're not watching a scary movie here. Um, <laughs> Terrified about Ronnie. Pinnacle 90s country harmonies um, that were also exhibited by bands like Diamond Rio. Yes. Um, what a beautiful mess. What a beautiful mess I made. Um, Shenandoah. Yes. If I had two dozen roses. And, of course, Alabama. Um, yes. Oh, play me some mountain music. Like grandma and grandpa used to play. All oh, were titans of this, like oh, this harmonic perfect. blend of voices on on their songs. And Brooks and Dunn are obviously no exception to that. And so you again, you'll hear it in the in the sample, but it's just it just is like wow, that is so angelic. 
I think is the yes. best way to describe it. So light on the ears. Um, also, a trend of 90s country songs, goofy music videos. <laughs> um, if you go look at the music video this one, it's goofy. I would say there are goofier ones out there. Um, coming off the top of my head, I'd say like, you know, should have been a cowboy. Should have been a cowboy. I should have learned to roll. Toby Keith um, definitely comes to mind among some others, but Chattahoochee's real way down yonder on the Chattahoochee. It gets hotter than a hoochie coochie. Chattahoochee's him goofy. floating on that little float. Yeah, um, so it just I don't know if that was just the trend or if that was just the. <laughs> I asked know. my mom. I asked her. I was like, so in the '90s when all these were coming out, like, did you think this looked dumb? Because like. How could you not? I don't think it's a sign of the times. Like, I think, like, they looked goofy on purpose. And she said that, honestly, like, she doesn't think that many people were watching them in the 90s. Because they weren't, like, playing these on MTV. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, I don't know when CMT became a thing. But I think CMT gained more popularity of, like, watching the top 10 country countdown, like, early 2000s versus the 90s. I mean, I'm sure CMT was like a post-MTV thing, right? Like, well, the popular genre had to kick it off, and then CMT probably You know, I think suit. CMT became became something in the 90s, but I don't think that everybody was watching it like they were watching MTV. So my mom was like, honestly, like, I haven't watched these until now, and they're definitely goofy. Oh, they're, they're quite hilarious. So if you ever, you're a rainy day, and, like, you're stuck inside sick or something, like, <laughs> just Google a bunch of 90s country music videos. They're... Very entertaining. Even sure. if you're not a fan of the genre, like I think it will induce a good laugh. So check it out. Um, this song specifically made it to number four on the charts, which is pretty, pretty remarkable. Um, and it has a lot of instrumentation for a song that is under three minutes. Um, I think it clocks it just under three minutes. But you want to talk about like the piano and fiddle break that's in the middle. Um, but even just that very rhythmic guitar that kind of slaps you in the face from the beginning and oh, yeah. and really drives the the melody and the whole song together so there's a lot of instrumentation for something that's very very fast paced yep, yep. they're running through this one but oh for sure and that's because they got work to do they're hard working men they're hard working men gotta go on and gotta get up in the morning and do it all over again hell yeah so um the last no noteworthy thing that came to mind to me for me when thinking about this song was um i used to this was definitely a part of the pregame to, I used to go to this line dancing bar every Friday in college. Um, and you, this know, was, you went when? And this was what? You went when? In college. No, what day of the week? On Friday. Come Friday night. <laughs> Come Friday night. Um, it, it was <laughs> always on the, the pre going to the line dancing bar um playlist it always made an appearance and it was just always like the as it should this is like, a party let's, song let's get up and go man yeah um so it i've got some fond memories of it and it is just all around a good song and something really good to blast on your way home after a really busy day in which you worked really hard and you yeah, i'm a hard-working man right and you're just i proud wear of a hard steel hard hat right <laughs> Um, so, what's your lady take? This song is awesome. Brooks and Dunn are awesome. 
I love them with my whole heart. I feel like they're my great uncles. <laughs> I <laughs> It does feel like we know them personally. <laughs> um. I care for them dearly. And everything they've ever done is awesome. That's my lady take. Amen. Um, so I, of course, also want to offer your mother the opportunity to share with us um, her, her favorite books and done song and um, just a little bit of analysis on that. So, Allison, take it away. So they asked me what my favorite Brooks and Dunn song is, and I do not have a favorite Brooks and Dunn song. That would that would be like asking to pick a favorite child if I had more than two. I don't I don't I do not by any means have a favorite Brooks and Dunn song. There are so many awesome Brooks and Dunn songs and I sing along entirely too loudly in the car to most of them when they come on. But if I had to like attach a very specific memory to a very specific Brooks and Dunn song, that would be my Maria. She treats me so right, lady. ago I mean, I mean many 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 years ago when I mean Emma was a baby so that's a long time ago we belonged to this this gym and I, I had a CD Walkman that I had created uh, two playlists for to take over to the gym one of which was a country cardio playlist and the first song on my country cardio playlist was My Maria because that was my warm-up song that I would go over there and I'd walk around the track to My Maria to get myself on my mojo up before I'd go on the treadmill. So I equate that song with like, you know, getting out and moving and just having a good time. And I distinctly remember My Maria at the, at the gym, which is a strange thing to equate with country song, but there you go. Thank you. Thank you, Allie. Um, Emma, what's been your everyday jam? going on well, i'm gonna switch it up again um i'm gonna ask you this week do you have any guesses as to what i might say my everyday jam i don't know when you say you switch it up that kind of is counterintuitive to your whole thing about it being your everyday jam because you don't switch it up well i mean it's just the truth i think more of my everyday jam is like i can do it twice like your monday jam like you have all this analysis like you never do it again like I've said Mad Season 15 times. I've said Freedom Like You. You know, like, like I might say something twice, but, like, this is something I haven't said before. But I feel like you might know what it is. I haven't. What this... have I been listening to a bunch recently? I don't know. I haven't the slightest clue. Because when we've been going in the car, I've been dominating the You know, the Mike tunes. never lets me play what I want to play in the car. Uh, yeah, but I feel like I'm playing stuff that you would want to hear slash are fine enough with it that yes, it expands usually. your taste just a little bit. Yes, usually. So I'm very complacent. I'm not. I'm, it's not like I'm torturing you with, no, no, with not so, usually. sonic, sonic, um, not usually. sonic waves. Um, well, I'll give you a hint as to what it is. Um... We've discussed this band a lot recently for certain reasons. It is not country. Um, and they were incorporated into the last episode of the podcast. Oh, have you been listening to What You Know? Yeah. <laughs> I can tell just what you want. You don't want to be alone. You don't want to be alone. 
listen to What You Know by Two Door Cinema Club. Cinema? Cinnamon Club. <laughs> the Two Door Cinnamon Club. <laughs> Would you like to come join our cinnamon? <laughs> cinnamon It has two doors. <laughs> you can go in and out of the cinnamon club. You know. Cue the, the Hank Hill Club. I don't think I like this club. <laughs> Y'all whine too much and the coffee's bad. I don't think I like this club. You all whine too much and the coffee's bad. I tell you what you need to do. You need to take a 13th step. Down off your high horse. But anyways, yes, this is what you know by Two Door Cinema Club. <laughs> oh, you're cracking me up. Um, what's been your, your major minor chords of the week? Um, my minor chord of the week is probably the same as it is every week, you know. Just same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. Um, just, just, you know, off vibes of Connecticut. <laughs> um, and also, you know, I had, a, I had a pretty stressful day with Monday Night Football this week, so that was a little icky, but it's okay. It's fine. Made it through all as well. Posted some great stuff for Monday Night Football. No big. Check it out. Um, and um, my major chord is that tomorrow we're going to whoop Jimbo Fisher's ass, bro. Woo! 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 I'm ready to take down Jimbo because that guy has got quite the mouth. Sure does. And he don't deserve it. Nope. Amen. Um, I don't think I have a specific minor chord, just other than general... Overall vibes. Vibes and just tiredness and, and what have you, but, you know, we're, we're working through it, we're taking it day by day, and we're we're making it happen. Um, got two majors, though, I'd say. Um, big victory for the week was um, getting back to, to running. Um, I ran the distance of two 5Ks this week. Um, which would make it a 10K in total. But I had, you know, two separate instances of a 5K, <laughs> of which I had not run that distance since I had my surgery over the summer. So it felt very, you know, liberating to, to be able to feel that I am still capable of doing that because the past... Babe, you are capable of anything. You are a hard-working man, and you wear a steel hard hat. You can do anything you put your mind to. Can ride rope, hammer, and paint. Yep. Um, and run a 5K. Isn't that what Ronnie says? I think yeah, so. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that's a lyric. Um, and Ronnie so it's just, it, it was just really refreshing um, for a myriad of reasons. But, you know, just to be able to... Because for the past couple of weeks, I feel like when every time I've gone for a run, it's been like a mile and a half, two miles. Like, struggle to get past that kind of rut. Um, and so just to be able to go do it twice in one week felt very um cathartic and liberating so that was definitely definitely a major um and i've i've got a 10k coming up so i've gotta gotta get into a routine and gotta get into a rhythm um gotta get up gotta get up move (laughs) um i would say another major is that um my idol um birthday buddy um, reason why I listen to a lot of, one of the reasons why I listen to a lot of music, um, one of the reasons why I play a lot of music, um, I'm of course talking about Mr. Getty Lee, um, frontman and bassist for the band Rush, my favorite band of all time. 
um, is finalizing his second book called entitled My Effin' Life. Um, it is a memoir of his life in um, not only just growing up, but, you know, in the band Rush um, and after... Canada. Um, yes, about Canada. He's Canadian. <laughs> um, same birthday as me, you know. Um, him playing country. bass, his career, um, but then also just the aftermath of the band Rush as it, you know, kind of, they kind of called it quits in the year 2015. And... Um, the drummer Neil Peart tragically passed away in 2019, um, or was it first month of 2020? I think it was the first month of 2020 in January 2020. Fact check me on that. Um, it was around that time, um, and just kind of you know his career and a little bit more insight into that from his perspective. He's going on this like Q and A kind of book tour situation, um, and he just so happens you know to be coming to. New York, New York, the city is so nice, they named it twice. And I scooped a ticket, and <gasps> I get to go next month, and I'm pumped because there's an opportunity for a Q&A, and I'm just hoping that I can ask <laughs> him a question that we'll, we'll put on the podcast because that'd be Don't phenomenal. Voice record. It'd be exciting. It'd be thrilling. Ask it'd... him his major minor chord. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, <laughs> he's going to get too nervous. I would just, I'd just be happy to talk to him. You know, he's <laughs> one of those people, you know, they always say, like, don't meet your heroes. Man, 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 man. Um, I, he's always been one of those people where it's like, if I saw him on the street, like, I just have no idea what to say. Like, he... I mean, just, he's Getty Lee, and I felt that way about written Link, so <laughs> <laughs> I understand. He's just like, you know, of all the people to be starstruck in my life, he has, like, been so, so influential um, in, in, in my life and, and just my love of music. And so I just went, if I were to be in the same room as him, it would just, I don't know. I, in, in the same space as him, I just don't know what I, what I would say other than, Hey, did you know we're birthday buddies? And he's gonna be like, of course I didn't know that. And random Joe Schmo, like, so I don't know. I, I've got to do some reflecting and, um, I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get back to you and hopefully I'm able to ask him a question. So. That was definitely a major chord for the week. Last but not least, some honorable mentions. Um, of course, I'd be remiss if we didn't mention the true best-selling duo of all time in this episode. Um, one of my favorite tracks of theirs, we're going with I Can't Go For That by Daryl Hall and Joan Oates. besties from one of our favorite bands old dominion um just released an album this past week finally um entitled memory lane it is their fifth studio album which is awesome shout out to them um we're gonna do a a track from from the new album stay drunk listen to it fast is how my heart beats too soon is when that sun comes up Last but not least, I feel like, you know, I've gotten back into the running kick. I've got to mention one of my favorites from the running playlist that usually anytime it comes up on the shuffle, I'm, I'm, I'm running a little bit faster every time it, it comes up and surprises me. So we're going with Sure Shot by the Beastie Boys. 
gonna do it for this week i hope we hope that y'all have a (laughs) wonderful fantastic time this week um progressing through october we hope that you have a hard working week hell yeah and you wear a steel hard hat so enjoy the week work hard and look forward to the weekend as most americans do Mm -hmm. Uh, we'll see you next time thanks for listening Bye. Thank mm-hmm. you.